0: Now this is Denton. This whole town is infested with killer cockroaches.
1: Repeat, killer cockroaches. No kidding. Nerd stalking. Nerd stalking. Nerd stalking. Oh how the nerds can talk.
0: Hello and welcome to Nerd stalking. I'm Bill, and with me is Chad. Surviving the apocalypse. We're holed up at the Fort York Armory here in Toronto, ready to fend off the roving gangs and apocalyptic hellscape that is bound to happen when Doug Ford gets elected Ontario Premier. As such, we might as well talk about some post-apocalyptic films while we're in here.
1: Yeah, and that arming is really equating to, like, we've got spoons and butter knives, because, well, this is Canada.
0: <laughs> we've got guns. <laughs> guns we've sure. got two frigates and a sub. We <laughs> Do <laughs> we have rusty subs from, like... Uh, Denmark or something? Was it Denmark? Yeah, I think so. I think we got some rusty subs. I've got a slingshot with like a little arm brace. Thing. <laughs> You're like uh, the kids from uh, It, Pennywise, the dancing premiere. So how about that uh, post-apocalyptic Doug Ford? Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the signs, I think. He's a biblical <laughs> sign of the apocalypse. I think so. I think. And there will come a day it's, when a meathead will arise. It's locusts and the river <laughs> running red. And then Rob Ford's smarter brother, quote, unquote. (laughs) You know,
1: it's funny. It's a real indication that Rob Ford was the nicer of the two. How do you say that? I think that Rob Ford was just a nicer person. He was a crackhead and and a
0: loser. That's true. I I see what you mean. Before,
1: when he was a a counselor, he wasn't a bad counselor. Right. But Doug Ford has always been an asshole. (laughs) Whether he's throwing somebody off a balcony to protect his brother, which apparently is is the word on the street. That's what happened. And he was a drug dealer and still might be. Right. And the, 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 the ultra right want to elect this guy. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's going to be like a pussy grabber. <laughs> I don't know if he likes pussy that much. <laughs> That's right. Doug, I'm calling you out. This isn't the way you want to break your news to your family. I was just having a conversation. I posted some things on Facebook about Doug Ford because there's this great little uh, uh, thing on the CBC where you you, you answer this quiz yep. and it determines what party you support. Right, yeah. It's a cool little thing. Yeah, and they've had that last few years. It's good. Yeah. And especially for people who don't
0: have a clue. They get to just say, well, I want. They do the policies, right? You go by all the policies you approve of.
1: That's and right.
0: And then it determines your leaning so, what are you, NDP? No, I'm a liberal. Oh. Still, always. Right. Always read.
1: Except for that one year. It was PC. <laughs> <laughs> really? You voted? I voted PC one year. For whom? Harris. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I thought... Oh, my speaking God. Of, speaking of biblical signs, I thought
0: Mike Harris... We'll save this for the Skeletons in the Closet <laughs> fucking episode.
1: I thought Mike Harris <laughs> would rally the complacent people of Ontario yes, to burn Parliament down if he was if he really <laughs> pushed the right buttons. And he did all the things, and we even had one day where a handful of people went and smashed the windows at Parliament. Right. And yet, nope, nope, they just let him just coast. And now we're about to face a guy who's going to make Mike Harris look like a moderate. Yeah. It's like, oh, I remember the days of Mike Harris. He was so nice. <laughs> As our libraries become pay to use. <laughs> yeah. All medical treatment. It won't be just MRIs. It'll be like, you want a Band-Aid? that will be
0: $12. Yeah, he's going to slash all that stuff. <laughs> your schools.
1: That's right. <laughs> you know, I'm no fan of Wynn, but he's like, you know, if you knew that was going on, why didn't you say something? And it's like, why didn't you say something when your brother was a crackhead <laughs> and the mayor of Toronto?
0: <laughs> and you were like right. his advisor like you were with him all the time yeah he took his place when he uh, <laughs> couldn't run anymore <laughs> except failed yeah and failed thank you Toronto me. didn't want you
1: no hopefully Ontario doesn't want you either
0: yeah but I fear the end of days <laughs> <laughs> this is it well, that's what we're talking about post-apocalyptic films what I was thinking, I, I like, at least f- as far as I'm concerned, I had some guidelines for myself because post-apocalyptic films, shit. It's big. That's a huge list. It's a very <laughs> popular genre. Um, so what I wanted to do was talk about, for me anyway, again, I don't know, I haven't seen your list, but uh, I'm going to talk about post-apocalyptic films where the movies take place in that the post-apocalyptic landscape right because I was thinking of films like uh, 12 Monkeys mm-hmm. where Bruce Willis is from the future and everything is laid waste to a plague uh virus or whatever that got released uh, in the 90s and then they send him back to the 90s to st- figure out what happened right Right. but most of it takes place in the time that it was made like that other Belgian that French film Le Chite is that what it's called <laughs> La Jete. Jete. Yeah. It's maybe 50-50. That one takes, takes place. A lot of it uh, takes place in the future, too. So you don't want to talk about ones that, that move into the post-apocalypse? Yeah, or, or I don't want films that are in the process of becoming post-apocalyptic. Stuff I have, like, like Contagion and I have, Outbreak. I have and, three pages on the Lorax. Oh, really? You know, it's like, because the Lorax
1: is, is the epo- after the apocalypse, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But we is. see it before, during,
0: and after. But it's not really about the post Well, it's a flashback, I guess. He's telling the story of the once-ler. That's right. Right? The kid comes and uh, and visits him in his little house. That's right. And then he, <laughs> he, he the Onceler gives the kid,
1: like, the antidote for the zombie Yeah, virus. gives him a
0: seed, a truffula Truf- seed. Truffula seed, yeah. Yeah. Did you see Lorax the the animated movie?
1: Yeah. It was good. It was amazing. Yeah. It Did you like, see Lorax the director's cut
0: with the bloodbath scene? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Where they turn on each other. Everybody turns. The citizens turn on each other. Horton shows up. He tramples people. <laughs> He's, <crossing a> rampage. <laughs> He's in a rage rampage. He's infected by the rage virus. That's right. So Chad. I know you have a sore spot when it comes to zombies. Now you're just la- laughing randomly <laughs> about nothing. Well, I'm going to leave that in because it's. Uh,
1: I just think zombies are funny. The They're so cute.
0: But uh, I almost have a soft spot for them, really. <laughs> I have a couple of. Uh, see if people can figure that out. See if people can figure out what I edited out. <laughs> What my comment to you was I edited it out. But uh, so I wanted to put two zombie f- uh, films on my list. And uh, one is 28 Days Later, directed by Danny Boyle, uh, starring um, Cillian Murphy is the guy, is the main guy. He wakes up He wakes up on a hospital bed. He's a bicycle courier, and he got wrecked, put into a coma because of a head injury when he wakes up, the... Uh, who stars in it? Cillian Murphy.
1: So here's the crazy thing. Yeah. On IMDb, yeah. if you look at the cast, yeah. the first person is activist. Second person, third person, activist. Is it, then um, the scientist is the fourth person. Wow. Like, I don't know who, and then Jim, Cillian Murphy. He's
0: the fifth person listed. Three activists get listed before him. It must be order of appearance because it starts off, uh, even before you see Cillian Murphy, it starts off in um. In a lab where they're testing doing they're testing on monkeys. They're injecting monkeys with the rage virus. And I don't think the movie really fills out what the rage virus exactly is. But uh animal rights activists break into the lab and release the monkeys. There's a there's a scientist there that's like, What are you doing? Stop, they're infected and they don't care. You know, we're releasing these animals from your torture, and then they attack the people and then the virus starts to spread. That's right? gotta be it then. Yeah, so it's by alphabetical I think I, order.
1: I saw that in the theater, and I think that I got there. I must have missed that scene. Yeah. Because I, all I remember it starting is him, like, with— Phones, hanging phones, yeah. hanging up phones. Yeah, he's or,
0: walking through the hospital trying to figure out because everyone's gone. But uh, you don't really need that information to, to to enjoy the movie. You don't need to know because that's all that's ever mentioned about the virus. It's not a movie where they try to suss out an antidote and figure out how it happened. No, it's, it's just, just something a, that's happened, and that's why he's in this predicament.
1: But it's it's, again, one of these situations where humans were trying to do something good. Yep and other people who thought they were doing something good fucked with them yeah and everything went bad yeah like i just i'm watching the uh modern planet of the apes right now yep and it's very similar they had a a a, a drug that they were developing testing it on the apes yep to treat alzheimers and all kinds of things yeah and it got out and while it Did help Alzheimer's for a time It then became uh, It countered it And then the body started fighting it And you, you declined faster Right. And then it became what they called the simian virus and whatever. So it starts again as this positive thing. Then they try to shut down the program. He steals a little baby monkey because he doesn't want little baby Caesar to be euthanized. Right. And it all goes to hell. So again, it's it's what humans do, right? We fuck up constantly and that's why they included that scene just to, right. just to lay the ground. Oh, look, this bad shit's going to happen, but it's because we're stupid.
0: Right. I think it was pretty much 28 days later that Got rid of the trope that zombies are just slow moving shambling creatures like from the dead films right. suddenly they're they're running they're running zombies, yeah they can run like the, the wind run and gnashing teeth and yeah, and the jerky movements and the grunting, the weird grunting yeah, I just hated that movie i think I think that I saw it because I saw it in the theater,
1: yeah. It was, it's like the Blair Witch Project. It's a stupid movie to make it to the theaters. You should just, they should have just gone straight for a DVD or a VHS release, whatever it was when that came out, right. and just let people watch it at home. Because on a small screen, fine. Big screen, it was just like, oh, it just makes me want to barf. Huh.
0: Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of kinetic, hand-held. handheld kinetic kind yeah. of sh- camera shaking. So the whole
1: movie was like that, right from the
0: get-go, right in like yeah. right the swinging phones and all this stuff. It was just like horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It had, I think it was mainly done to emphasize that feeling that these are what our zombies are going to be. They're fast running zombies, right? Yeah. So there was that quick camera movement to make it really kinetic. You now, was got, that
1: before Shaun of the Dead?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Why do they run in Shaun of the Dead I think they run too? in Shaun of the Dead, yeah. They yeah, have right. like,
1: there's different kinds of zombies. Some of them run, some of them lumber, like <laughs> a lumber along or whatever. Right. One right. some
0: drag-a-leg. It was. It's uh, interesting. at in the beginning, uh, like I said, Cillian Murphy wakes up in the hospital and he's um, wandering around, wanders around in the hospital and then he goes into London and he's just wandering through, you know, Piccadilly Circus and across the bridge and by the eye and it's all deserted. That's a really nice series of just... You know, like London, one of the most busy cities in the world, and it's just they did these shots where there's nothing. I wonder there. Wonder how they right? did that. Yeah, well, I guess they just block traffic and shoot on Sundays. You know, or this early, early five a.m. You can see it's kind of dawn. Yeah, in the shots, it's it's like the slanting shadows kind of give you the idea of when it was shot. Mm-hmm. So. That's probably how they did it. But it's kinda it was really cool. Sets up that feeling of isolation before he before the shit hits the fan. What's your other zombie movie? The other zombie movie is uh Dawn of the Dead. Mm. The original. All Romero. It's a really f- like they have a lot of fun with that idea. They make a lot of comments like on uh consumerism and it's the shuffling zombies trying to get into the mall, just like mindless people consuming. As, an, as they do a really nice uh, social comment with that. And then it's just a fun film of people, you know, whenever I think of post-apocalyptic films, or I probably generally people will think, you know, it'd be kind of fun, you know, all the people that annoy you every day, all the, you go, out, you drive and you're, you know, the worst, hell, hell is other people, right? Mm. So all, most of the people are gone and you're, it's like a toy store. Like you just got, it's wide open. You can do whatever you want. They have a lot of fun with that, and in, in Dawn of the Dead, they go to a mall and they go to the arcade and they're playing, and they just go to the, you know, they run roughshod through all the department stores. They go to the gun store and take all all their weapons. It's just it's you know it's fun to watch. Well, this is what's uh you know, in
1: uh, Last Man on Earth, they yep. they take that to this the craziest level because there's so few people. Yeah, like unlike these other movies, uh, in in Last Man on Earth, there's literally. 10 people left. Right. Right. Like a really small number, maybe 10 or 12. And so it's like the main guy, he has the, 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 the declaration of independence from the states that at one point he uses as a, as a towel, <laughs> you know, he's got a T-Rex's skull in the center of his dining room table. Yeah. And in the second season, they, he has like, they've got the A-team van. <laughs> how, do they, these,
0: how do they get the stuff?
1: Well, they're in California, so they just oh, go to the places right. and just take it, right? Like, Right. you know, at one point, you know, I guess he was at the White House and he just took what he wanted. Right. You know, he had the, he had, the, his foyer had like, you know, the, um, that, the big eagle round carpet that they yeah. have at the Oval Office yeah, or whatever. He has that. And, <laughs> and it's just little, little things like that where you could have anything you want.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, they canceled that. What? It got canceled.
1: You know, it, it got part like of the
0: bloodletting.
1: they got, you could see that they were painted into a corner, but it was a lot of fun for those two
0: seasons. They also canceled Brooklyn 9 9. What? But they brought, uh, NBC picked it up. So it's so, changing networks? So it's changing networks. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> I don't know how, see, this is a thing, and this is what's wrong with the world. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> well, that people that, out that, you, there, that
0: you wish the world w- was destroyed because of this. Uh,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. I think that we need <laughs> a cull because Brooklyn Nine-Nine is hilarious. And mm-hmm. I laugh my ass off from beginning to end. Yeah. For it might be silly, but it's really funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: There's one where Captain Holt, who's the captain of the group, yeah. they're on a they're 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 on a bus, trailing somebody, and they're communicating with each other via text. But Holt is such an uptight sort of by the book kind of guy. Yeah. Every text says, you know, dear oh, whatever. And then he raises his thing, and then he says, you know, you're Sincere. truly. Sincerely- <laughs> <laughs> and over and over and over, right? In every text. And he's like, you don't have to say that. <laughs> okay, understood. Yours yes, truly, so Captain Holt. Um That's funny. But it's so funny. And yet all these other shows, like Big Bang Theory, is still on the air 25 years later. <laughs> the Expanse also got canceled. So that's really? it for that, yeah. This is the last season? D- yeah. Did you know if they knew? And they wrapped up the story. I'm watching it right now. I'm not sure. I got to say, Maybe The Expanse it's saying
0: it's the last season.
1: is not for everybody. It's a hard show to follow. It's beautiful. It's well acted. Talk yeah. about post-apocalypse. Yeah. But it's a, it's a intellectual exercise. Right. So I can see why that got canceled. I'm shocked that they made it to three seasons. You have a movie on your list? My favorite post-apocalypse film
0: is Escape from New York. Right. You know, and... Uh, I don't know if I'd really consider that a post-apocalyptic film because it kind of falls under one of those... Genres that I was looking at during my research, and it's really more just a shitty future film. It's not the same thing, I don't think. Because isn't it just like, you know, crime has gotten to such a high level that they take Manhattan and then in the sequel, they do it to LA where they just make the like an open prison?
1: Is it because in Escape from New York, yep. the because there's a president,
0: right? Yeah, that's so right. I guess
1: there is an established political party. Yeah, the part, government's still there's still rolling. government. Yeah. And for some reason, they fly over the prison and he, he crashes and they got to send in yeah. the coolest snake Pliskin, <laughs>
0: in to yeah. save him Yeah, from Isaac Hayes. I think they just go around, make make like, uh, you know, a bearing adjustment by about 0. 0.3 <laughs> degrees. Not a very big island.
1: You know, Manhattan's pretty small yeah. in like square kilometers. It's not
0: much of a diversion.
1: Um, especially depending where you're, especially if you're coming up from Washington.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can just
1: completely <laughs> avoid it if you're trying to get out to Kennedy. But, yeah. you know... Um, so maybe, maybe you're right, but in this, in Escape from L.A., which was terrible. He know, surfs
0: in, in Escape from L.A., doesn't <laughs> he? No, it's, 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 it's just horrible. <laughs> and the first one he hang glides in, which is really cool. But was it a, was it a. He used glide, a glider to land. But in Escape from L.A., was that a prison too? Yeah.
1: Oh, see. It's I, where
0: they deport people, I guess. You get deported mm. to L.A.
1: See, I saw, the, I I saw it, and it was just kind of crappy. But it just seemed like that was just what the world was. It was very Mad Max ish. I guess, I guess you're right. It's just not a, it's not a post-apocalypse film. Right. It's just cool. It's not like Death Race two thousand. Yeah. And that's was that post-apocalypse.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's still a society. Or is that a prison it's a society? it's a shitty future one because society's there. They're just appeasing the masses by having these de- deadly sporting events, right? That are
1: televised like the Running Man.
0: Oh, God. I told you not to mention Running Man in this episode. (laughs) The Running Man. I meant the dance. It was
1: the dance you were doing earlier that I thought, well, that reminds me of The Running Man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That Running Man's okay. (laughs) The movie Running Man is shit.
1: I like that movie. Um, The fact that they get, uh, what's his name? Um,
0: Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger no, no Richard Dawson Richard Dawson was the host. And it was
1: amazing, yeah. especially yeah. that time because he was coming he was like game show guy, yeah, yeah, and to get him at the peak of his career or at the you know near the end, I guess, but
0: yeah, yeah, that was the best part of it was Richard Dawson. he was yeah. definitely the best,
1: so I guess you know this is these that's an that's a, maybe it's a it's a a section of post apocalypse, yeah to talk
0: about like these films that. That it's not really apocalypse though. It's just shits running downhill. Well, it's in how, society, right? How,
1: yeah, society is not s- collapsed, so, right? But maybe that's an indication that it is collapsed. If you have to resort to games where people's lives are are like the Hunger Games yeah. and uh, the ones that we Death Race two thousand, uh, Death Race twenty thirty. There's all kinds of them
0: now. Yeah. Um. There's we've got the Maze Runner, yeah, and Divergent, but uh, I. I don't know, but I'm thinking Hunger Games kind of is because isn't all that society built on the destruction of a former society? I don't know, I can't remember.
1: Yeah, because everything collapsed and that's why there's 13
0: districts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it, but Hunger Games wouldn't exist if Running Man hadn't existed before. But in the Hunger Games, they have zero comment on what came before, so I guess it wouldn't really be relevant. No. But... It could probably be... It's
1: just the foundation. It's like living in the apocalypse, like movies like Warriors, where
0: everything is so unrealistic. Right. But... Well, you could say that Death Race 2000 almost certainly influenced George Miller and Mad Max, right? Yeah. well, It was a huge influence on him, probably.
1: (laughs) Well, Mad Max is nothing if not just a race movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Endlessly racing for
0: whatever (laughs) reason. But a great... uh, A great post-apocalyptic film in itself. How about That Boy and His Dog? That is... That's a great one. Yeah, that's on my list. It's definitely a, a great post-apocalyptic film. Uh, there's a nuclear war, World War Four, they call it. They say it lasted five days, and it occurred in 2007. I think the the movie takes place in, was it 2024 or something like that? Yeah. I'm so good with dates. Yeah, I remember that year like that. And uh, starring... Don Johnson, uh, supposedly a boy, but uh, he was 26 when he made that film. Do you know that, Chad? I
1: think I read that somewhere.
0: And uh, even though th- he looks like a kid, though he's like you know he's young and handsome. Well, he acts well, right? He acts like a horny kid because that's his that's his drive in this movie. Is he's just looking for women to get laid, right? He has a real
1: there's a young quality to him. There even is. even he's like 70, almost 70 years old now, and he still has that. Theory. You know that's right. That's true. You know, it's like when you see Mark Hamill, he had it too. And and because you see him now and he, he doesn't come across as an, like he's old, yeah. but he still has something. You know what these guys about.
0: are, are sprightly, <laughs> sprightly. right? Sprightly. They're sp- still sprightly. Yeah. And even, uh, even when they were kids like younger, like, uh, Don Johnson and a boy and his dog or Luke, uh, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, they had a sparkle in their eye, like a they had something going on, right? Well, I
1: think they also don't have deep voices. <laughs> no, That's I'm serious. True. I think that those- i sure i Have you ever heard Heartbeat?
0: <laughs> That's not a deep voice song. Let's hear
1: it, Bill. Let's hear it. Looking for a heartbeat.
0: That's all I know. That's all the lyrics is, isn't it? Just keeps repeating that over and over again. <laughs> and what he I was think? he was married to uh, Melanie Griffith. Melanie
1: Griffith, yeah. Cherry 2000. Yeah. That's true. Another post-apocalyptic
0: film. Together, like, you know, but see, that would have been perfect. She was a sex bot. Yeah, Boy and His Dog. Uh, uh, Based on a novella, I think, or a short story by Harlan Ellison, who being the crotchety old man he is, uh, even back in 75, didn't like the movie. But uh, what's with that? That's just Harlan Ellison being Harlan Ellison. Writers never liked their movies. He's the Alan Moore of uh, 1970s. Anything I wrote, if it
1: was turned into a movie, if they bastardized it, if they changed everything about it, and any of the words that I'd written made it to the film.
0: You'd be offended and complain (laughs) in every
1: news outlet, right? I would would burn (laughs) the theater down. No, I would be so happy. You'd be like, woohoo. Maybe 10 movies in, I'd be like, excuse me. I said this. You know, but yeah, Alan Moore can suck it
0: him and his snake God.
1: <laughs> I met him once.
0: Did you his, really yeah, meet he,
1: Alan Moore, yeah, with his uh, I don't think I've ever heard the story his his rings and his cane and his long leather coat. Did you kiss his cane? I did not kiss his cane,
0: or was he at like a con or something? yeah,
1: he signed something
0: for me, yeah. so it's less that you met him and more that you paid sixty dollars to like no,
1: I don't pay anybody, no. <laughs> If it costs, I don't pay. Uh, no, that's not true. I did pay Lou Ferrigno ten bucks to pick you up, but they also, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to, yeah.
0: I mean, just with his arms, not <laughs> pick you up and take you to a a, a club.
1: It was weird to see <laughs> to meet him and to be the same height as him. Oh, he's a short man, is he? Well, not short. You're not short. Excuse me. He's a midget.
0: <laughs> I didn't know Lou Ferrigno no, was a midget. No. That's, right. That's true. You're not you're not a short man.
1: No, I'm six three. <laughs> but it's like you don't wanna like <laughs> he's a midget. I <laughs>
0: Always thought he was a green midget. It was just light lighting it's, and camera. You angles. just expect
1: us to meet Lou Ferrigno and he's gonna be like seven feet tall. Yeah. Right? Bench pressing a piano. But no, he's like, you know, he's still yeah. big and he's like twice as wide as me and he's you know, he's Lou Ferrigno. I also met Kenny Baker that same day. Speaking of midgets. And I met uh, John Prowse.
0: Speaking of even gianter people.
1: <laughs> but he was, you know, he even stood up and shook my hand, but he was kind of like uh, uh, not, in a, not in a good way. I guess, you know, again, those very tall people, they have often degenerative problems with their bones. and.
0: Yeah, stuff. well, uh, Peter Mayhew had terrible uh, problems with his knees, so much that he couldn't do... Uh, couldn't do Chewy for Force Awakens and uh, The Last Jedi, so they brought in this giant Swedish guy. Hmm. And I guess Proul- uh not Prouse, uh Mayhew trained him in the art of being Chewbacca, which is going to be my biography, I think.
1: Well, there was a guy I met. Fuck
0: Peter Mayhew, I'm calling my book that. Steve Meeks.
1: Stephen Meeks? Okay. Who did some of, did fill-in roles for Chewbacca in the original three. Oh, right. He's from here in Toronto. Wow. He did a, yeah.
0: He was some Chewbacca.
1: He was. He was like
0: uncredited, or maybe he's credited, but way down the list. Right. Anyway, a boy and his dog, to get back to our apocalyptic tale. Uh, So it's Don Johnson and his telepathic dog, Blood, who uh, sniffs out the pussy for him. So it's a great chemistry between the two. eh? It's funny, a chemistry between Don Johnson and a dog, but uh, it's... The dog is like super intelligent. He's like got a he's got high airs. He's always calling uh, Vic an imbecile and making fun of him and you know lamenting how stupid he is. But I guess he couldn't survive the post-apocalyptic landscape without uh, Don Johnson helping him out. All Don Johnson wants to do is just get laid. He's just a, he's a horn dog. He's just chasing women, and blood can sniff them out, and they find one, and the girl. <laughs> Uh, leads Vic down into this underground uh, kind of vault where the society is living. And it's a uh, weird, like super weird visuals. Like they have, the, they're all in white face with little clown dots painted on their face. Like they're all like in clown makeup. And the society is recreating uh, kind of a, you know. Like the Music early, Man. Early, yeah, like Music Man, exactly. Like uh, early 1900s or 1910. With like. Gingham colored shirts. Yeah, and they and, got the barbershops quartet singing and they all got <clears throat> straw... The men all have straw hats and the women have parasols and, you know, summer dresses and there's a band stand and it's, it's all on this underground vault. Like a country summer picnic. <laughs> exactly. Led by uh, a a group, I think they're called The Committee and it's headed by Jason Robards. It's the head. It's his daughter that lures Vic down into the underground. So I guess apparently... In this underground vault, they've been underground too much, so all the men are sterile. So they're going to use Vic to, like, you know, make new stock. And Vic thinks it's great. Yeah, you want me to knock up your women? Sure, I'll do that. And then they, you know, do a smash cut to him on a on a table in a hospital, and they're just are you know, artificially removing the sperm from them to use it to impregnate the women well, artificially.
1: This, this is another one, like a little sidebar yep. with post-apocalypse, uh, post-apocalyptic films. Yep. This is another one of those things that often happens where sex becomes replaced with a mechanical, right. you know, a uh, gathering of semen and impregnation. <laughs> like it happened uh, in, in Logan's run. There was the people were basically
0: farmed to, to reproduce. Well, there's also, um, uh, Adolf Huxley, uh, a brave new world. Yeah. That's what they're doing there.
1: Well, in, um, uh, in demolition man, which I talk about a lot. And it's like, yep. the more I talk about it, the more I like the movie, mm-hmm. uh, in that future, you know, uh, Sandra Bullock is is like, "Hey, would you have sex with me?" Yeah, it's and he's like, "Blue, okay, let's do it." Uh, uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and um, it's the worst alone ever.
0: <laughs> Yo, Adrian.
1: And uh, so then he's all ready to get it on with Sandra Bullock, who's like twenty years younger than him in the movie. And they put on these little head pieces, and it's all cerebral. Yeah, you know, and it's like you meet in the ethereal world, and yep. she and he's like, "Whoa, wait a minute, this is gross." And I'm like. Thinking, really? Gross? <laughs> and and then she's like, what? What do you want? He goes, well, I thought we were actually going to just get it on. And she's like, you want to exchange fluids? Ooh, <laughs> You know, people don't do that anymore. Right. Anyway, That's I digress. Funny.
0: Point is dog. And you're not allowed to swear either. Or they
1: write to tickets. <laughs> right. Machines just spit out. You've been fined 2,000 credits. For.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Boy and the Dog, I recommend it highly. It's a really great post-apocalyptic film. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, got a nice pace, goes at a good clip. And uh, Harlan Ellison can suck it because it's it's pretty good.
1: The uh, In the in the great vein of desert movies, because often the post-apocalypse is shot in the desert. I guess they shoot in the desert as well because you have to deal with cities.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's know? less like we're talking about world building in our world building episode. Whenever there's a city... You know, it's always the Arabian markets. Yeah. They walk down like Wakanda from Black Panther. They're just Arabian markets. Yeah. Would you That's like a city. That's your city. Because building a huge... 17 level, you know, mall with shiny stores, and you know, it's just a little bit too expensive. Just walk down an Arabian market. We'll just shoot, have the camera track them, and we'll, the guys will be building the stalls as we're tracking along. <laughs> and then they'll take the ones from we there, pass move them down and they'll move them in the front of the line. No, now they just tile them. They just, they shoot four stalls and they just repeat. They just them. go tick, 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 tick. Get your mouse. That's right. <laughs> exactly. The Wakanda way.
1: Uh, yep. Another great, uh, Desert Apocalypse film is, or post-Apocalypse
0: is the Mad Max yeah. thing. Yeah, absolutely. We
1: don't need another hero.
0: That's uh, Beyond Thunderdome. We don't need... The worst one. It's the best song, though. With uh, Tina Turner. Tina Turner,
1: Turner. Tina's just the coolest. She's pretty cool. And that was a great song. And, yeah. it, you know, it's funny because out of all of the Mad Max films, it's the one that I think permeated pop culture the best. Really? Thunderdome? Yeah. And the reason that I said, and, and so Mad Max, great. Racing a car, big deal. Second movie, Road War, racing car, big deal. In Beyond Thunder and and the newest one, whatever it's called, what's it called? Fury Road. Fury Road. Fantastic. Well, yeah, it's fantastic. So
0: good. In it, in its absurdity, it was fantastic. Yeah, just well, it's it knows what it is, and that uh, that what it is 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 brilliantly executed. That's right. Right. But what?
1: Where Beyond Thunderdome might be the best one. It might not be the best movie. Yeah. Certainly isn't the best movie. Yeah. But it it had. Tina Turner. It had. We don't need another hero, which is an amazing song. Yep. And it had uh, Master Blaster. Okay. You know, and Master Blaster. It's like when my kids were little. That's all I ever thought of. <laughs> I was mad. We were Master Blaster, right? <laughs> yeah. The little, the little, little dwarf and the giant, big retard like me. You know, <laughs> I'm referring to myself. So therefore, it's not. Uh, it's not, not offensive. It's not offensive. Okay. <laughs>
0: In, uh, this, in Fury Road all they had was a guy with a guitar that spit fire
1: Yeah that was the part The only thing I didn't like about the movie I thought that was just retarded
0: <laughs> but See now, you're, now
1: I'm offended <laughs> No now that guy should be offended <laughs> <laughs> The director should be offended And the other thing about yeah. the newest one Was that it really wasn't about Mad Max
0: No no, well, It should have been
1: whatever Charlize Theron's
0: I guess name that's why they call it Fury Road Because it's she's Furioso right Oh right That's her name
1: but I, yeah, I really liked that one. That was a good one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, Beyond Thunderdome had so much that they contributed to so many films that would come of the post-apocalypse and the pit and the, the chanting and the calling yeah. out from the, you know, even Wakanda's fight scene is very much like Thunderdome. Right. You know, Thunderdome, even though it's taken from a Roman sort of gladiator fight, yep. Thunderdome perfected it for that. We saw it in... AI in that bleak future. Oh yeah, there was
0: a thing. There, you know, you know an arena.
1: Even when we see it in Star Wars, the the in in one of those prequel movies where yeah. apparently that happened. I, I guess heard. that's an idea,
0: The idea of that is, you've got the Roman civilization where they did that, and uh, Rome fell. So they're just it's just a represents like saying our Rome is falling or has fallen because we're back to doing that same thing. It's just gladiators in a pit. Killing each other for our enjoyment. Or it right? says
1: that these are the fundamentals of what we are.
0: Yeah. Or we haven't really changed. Yeah. You watch like Rome uh, didn't
1: really fall. It just changed.
0: Right. You know, like yeah. Rome
1: as a as a power, an argument could be said that Rome grew with the Catholic Church mm-hmm. because when they went from being the Roman Empire to the Holy Roman Empire, then they formed the, the, the Catholic Church and they are <laughs> global now. Yeah. Rome has the world. Yeah, that's true. Well, almost all the world. Yeah. Doesn't quite have Jerusalem, especially not today.
0: Yeah. But a uh, sign of the apocalypse.
1: But, you know, I just always thought that that was, it was a great, it was a great movie for that
0: kind of uh, wildings. I guess I'll probably have to watch it again. I saw it in the theater. When it came in out In 80, once, yeah. whatever. 80 something, 85.
1: Who long for Thunderdome.
0: Are they on uh, Cable's? on rubber bands or something aren't they in the there's one dome? yeah because then they can bounce they and they can, go up to the cage and yeah. they can get the
1: knife or the, yeah. the blade out of there they bounce
0: around this metal dome yeah hence calling it Thunderdome It was so so cool so my next choice for uh great post-apocalyptic films is damnation wow. alley
1: never even heard of it
0: what you never heard of damnation alley yeah. I've heard of the term oh my God so let me describe, You maybe you don't know the title, <laughs> maybe you don't know the title, but you'll know the premise, right? right. So Jan Michael Vincent and George Papard are uh, two soldiers who are in a missile silo who, when, for whatever reason, they don't explain why all of a sudden Russia starts firing missiles, but, you know, uh, US responds. So these two guys are missile jockeys in the silo that fire their payload and then nuclear war happens. And a certain time later, I think a couple of years later, they've survived. They're living in their bunker. And uh, George Papard is the major. Uh, John Michael Vincent is uh, first lieutenant. And Pappard gets, um, a, he hears a signal from Albany, New York. And it's uh, a sign that maybe there's survivors there. So at this base, it's they've been constructing this. It's kind of like a souped-up RV with uh three wheel configuration, right? There's a on each set of wheels, there's three wheels and it can spin and like crawl over boulders and stuff like that. It's called the Landmaster. Mm-hmm. And they get in this landmaster and drive from wherever they are, like in the southwest US, they drive through Damnation Alley, which is kind of like the Midwest all the way up to Albany, New York. And they gotta fight giant scorpions and huge, huge crops of tornadoes that that uh spring up and
1: this is a seventies movie, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah. Sounds familiar.
0: Yeah. You
1: don't remember it? I don't remember it. No, that's a shame. Giant man. Scorpions makes me think of Clash of the Titans. Right. But I but I but I've seen all those movies with Giant Anything. Yeah. At one point or other. Right. And Jan Michael Vincent, like he was <laughs> he was in everything in the
0: seventies. Yeah. He was a big hot star, up and coming star. Little boy blue. Um, an airwolf. Yeah. <laughs> was the pilot and airwolf. He was in a lot of stuff. He was the uh, pretty boy they put in everything. And then he was became a hard drinker and drank his looks away.
1: Holy moly. I've just seen a picture of him now.
0: <laughs> looks kind of a wreck. Oh,
1: poor Jan Michael. Yeah, he was Benson. a
0: golden boy in 77 when Damnation Alley came out. So uh, Damnation Alley was made at 20th Century Fox. Came out in 1977. It was in production. It was going to be the big hit. According to 20th Century Fox, it was going to be their big science fiction hit. But at the studio, they were also in production of another uh, little movie, another science fiction movie, low budget. They didn't expect much from and It was called Star Wars. Star Wars. Is that the one with the enterprise ship with the saucery and no, sausages? Was
1: that made of sausages?
0: <laughs> star Star. That's Star Trek, man. But Star Wars was also in production at the same time, but... It made a little bit more money than Damnation Alley. 1977. Yeah. Oh, he was in Hooper. Oh, that's right. That's one of the best movies. I love that movie. <laughs> that's right. I think I've seen that a hundred times. With Reynolds. Yeah. He's a stuntman, right? That's
1: right. He jumps the, uh, he jumps a gorge. Well, he's supposed to jump a gorge, and then Jay Michael Vincent jumps the gorge, I think. Mm. He was in the Banana Splits, Jay oh. Michael Vincent.
0: Ah, oh, the Banana Splits. One banana, two banana, three banana, four. bananas. One thing I think about Damnation Alley, one thing I don't get is like, how long is it supposed to be after a nuclear war that you can just start wandering around outside? Because like I said, I think in Damnation Alley, it's only a couple of years. I
1: think it's supposed to be like 25 years, right? <laughs> 25 years is for the fallout. Without out, just and, getting
0: cancer, like. Yeah, radiation months. and just dying, Yeah. <laughs> That's all these movies. They just want to get up, wander around. Like, yeah, normally it'd be twenty five years,
1: but there was a really strong wind and it blew it out of the way.
0: Okay, that's a good explanation. On uh, my list, I also have Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer was cool. That's such a great film. You eh? know,
1: somebody told me about that movie, and I thought, okay, well, it sounds stupid. And <laughs> you know, really, it sounds stupid. It's a train endlessly circling a track all around the Earth forever. Yep. Yep. And that's, that is life. Yeah. And it seems stupid, but because it's been broken down into like classes of compartments and who works and who does this and who does that. And yep. and like, you haven't seen the new Battlestar Galactica, but there's real elements of that in the Battlestar Galactica because all these ships are, have escaped. And this one is a mining ship and this one is a, this ship. And you know, the president's on this cushy ship and, yep. um, so it had it. It did remind me of Battlestar Galactica a little bit, right? But it was very cool, and you have the whole Solian Green, yeah, you know, bit where they're being fed
0: bugs and possibly humans. And yeah, it was good. Chris Evans was really good in it. He was really good in it. I always remember there's an unrecognizable Tilda Swinton, yeah, as the minister. Yeah, you thought like she was a,
1: unrecognizable.
0: Yeah. I didn't even know it was Tilda Swinton until I watched the credits. One
1: of the things that I thought was really <laughs> cool in that, because the
0: the in the the premise is that the world is frozen. Yeah. So what they did was uh, they had uh, in um, 2014, which is the year I guess the film came out, or maybe a year before or a year after. Uh, probably I guess it would be a year after. Um, they did a. Uh, they were trying to. Re- Uh, reverse the effects of climate change and global warming by doing some climate engineering and they fucked it up and they just caused an ice age to envelop the earth. Mm -hmm. The only people that survived are the people on this super train that's got like 100 cars on it or something.
1: Yeah, it's huge and it's super fast and it has to keep moving at this speed or it freezes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's run by a perpetual motion machine they reveal at the end. Ed uh, Harris is the guy running things.
1: But they painted this picture where the established order was very 1984-ish, you know, very V for Vendetta. Yep. You know, where you have this, this um, you know, this one person who, you know, he's kind of Oz behind the curtain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, And Chris Evans is this guy in the poor section, the tail section of the train, and they're just sick and tired of being oppressed. They've been going around for 17 years, I think, uh, according to the movie, and this finally has had enough, and they do a revolution, and they try to get to the front of the train to take control. Yeah. <laughs> So such a simple premise, and they executed it so well. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me, talking about Chris Evans, funny in uh, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, they have that scene where he's in an elevator. It's like the whole set piece of the film. It's just, uh, he's going to have this brutal fight with all these fucking tough guys in the fucking elevator, and somehow they pull it off, and it's kind of the same thing, a little bit wider, but well, he's getting hit- closed, and they've got to make their way to the front of the train. Well, and the right? one
1: that they had, one of the ones that stands out is the uh, the fight in the dark, yeah. You know, on yeah. A, in one car. Yeah. that's, a, that's Chris Evans should put that on his resume. We'll work in confined
0: areas. In the
1: dark. You, was it him or was it Ryan Reynolds who did the film The Box? I think it's called The Box, where he's trapped. Oh, that's Ryan Reynolds. It's yeah. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole movie takes in place a in a coffin. That's, he's been buried alive.
0: Yeah, Another yeah. <laughs> great movie. Yeah.
1: That'll be for our Ryan Reynolds episode.
0: Stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about the good and the bad. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, like all these post-apocalyptic films, there's a religious tone to it. And in the in the Snowpiercer, there's like, you know, the the blessed train and the sacred people running it. It's like, it has a kind of religious overtone. And they all kind of do, I guess, the idea being that, you know, if mankind rebuilds themselves, they got to build another religion. They need
1: some they have higher
0: to. power to look to. they got to create. To get support. Well, you know, we need the Almighty Creator of the universe on our side, because it's Pandora's box, right? Yeah.
1: So in Pandora's box, it opens up and everything escapes except for hope, and that's what religion has to, you know, serve up. It's like, you know, don't look to humans because humans are shit. Right. But you know, the in this bleak, bleak times, you have to have hope. This is why, you know, today God is dead, because we live in pretty, you know, lush times and
0: yeah, living in no worries.
1: No, we're surrounded by art and leisure. Yeah. You know, really, especially over here. Yeah. But it's, you know, even though parts yep. of the world are not in that situation. Right. But tell you, we start to go to hell in a handbasket and
0: God will be <laughs> we'll, back. We'll be on our knees pretty quick. <laughs> you know, they're making a Snowpiercer TV series on TNT. <laughs> oh, no. I guess every every week will be a new car. They'll take over. <laughs> If you have to, to fifty two cars for fifty two weeks, I guess.
1: No, it's going to start where the first where the movie ended, and yeah. they're going to go back to the back of it. The-
0: <laughs> Every season, they'll change direction.
1: They're going to paint. They're going to paint each
0: car. <laughs> Today, we're going to paint this. Yeah, we're going to paint this one lilac. It's uh, in development by uh, and Josh Friedman is writing, and he's the guy that did your favorite um, two thousand and five film adaptation of War of the Worlds. Mm, yeah, wrote that script talking about not quite post-apocalyptic present right. apocalyptic the apocalypse yeah the apocalypse while the apocalypse With your shiny happy tom cruise working yeah. class hero
1: well you know i think that you know films like snow piercer and you know it just when i you brought that up i thought of v for vendetta yeah because that's another great movie of of after yeah. everything has gone to shit. And I guess, you know... Again, it's shitty, it's shitty future, like
0: 1984, for apo- Vendetta. What is an
1: apocalypse? Is an apocalypse, you know, like apocalypse can be uh, a catastrophe,
0: right? Yeah, but it's got to be a catastrophe that lays waste to poli- all society and government and it's all just open.
1: No, it doesn't have to because even in even in Snowpiercer then, there's government.
0: Yeah, I mean, not a government of the world now, it's... It's not even a government I think it's just a system a caste system right Yeah but there's one defined leader
1: at the top of that caste system I guess the thing is is that if it's politics that ruins the world yep and some sort of regime takes control of, of you know a country or the planet or you know mostly the world yeah the is that not an apocalypse does apocalypse have to be catastrophe
0: what if it's an apocalypse if you're a liberal and Donald Trump gets elected? Is that the kind of apocalypse you're thinking it, of? Because it's the that's beginning a, of one that's anyway. a personal apocalypse, not one that... It might be the beginning of it. You're right, but... I'm
1: curious. Let's see what the word apocalypse means.
0: It means uh, the villain from Justice League.
1: No, is not apocalypse? apocalypse is the villain from X-Men.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. All right. What I the- get my giant CGI...
1: It says something when up. when you look up Apocalypse and the Marvel Comics Apocalypse comes before <laughs> the, def, the dictionary definition. Yeah, you can tell it's
0: a comic book era.
1: All right. It says the Apocalypse, the complete final destruction of the world as described in the biblical book of Revelation. Mm. The bells ringing is supposed to usher in the Apocalypse. Or the second is uh, an event involving destruction or damage on a catastrophic scale. Right. Yeah, so you know we're using like the word post-apocalypse would mean it, it, they're saying it's the complete destruction. Yeah, so there would be no post-apocalypse. Post-apocalypse <laughs> is land. It's just land. There's no nothing there. Just land.
0: Right. So and a few survivors, I guess, as far as we're concerned, in our
1: Yeah, uh, for us, we have to have like there is no post-apocalypse without humans. Right. Because otherwise, it's like oh, now and now right. the elk will roam.
0: Right. And, um, in my last of my list, I had um, the great uh, post apocalyptic uh, cycle of Charlton Heston films from the 70s because that's some of my favorite stuff, like the Omega Man. Charlton Heston is the last guy on earth. Yeah, um,
1: does he steal the A team wagon? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we just steal a, a sports car and just blast down the deserted uh, streets of LA again, just like uh, um. 28 days later that I guess they got to shoot it like in the business section of LA at like seven thirty or eight in the morning when the sun's just coming up. See, I always thought it'd be fun, you know, like
1: if you, well, I always thought yeah. Cause I think about this all the time yeah. when the apocalypse happens and everybody's dead, I'm yeah, just
0: planning for it. I'm going to get myself a really
1: it. fast car yeah. and I can't wait to drive up and down the DVP with nobody <laughs> else in my way. That's a great road to
0: drive. Yeah, Doing those cur- corners. But then,
1: <laughs> then you like get into an accident and you're crippled.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you know? Where's a doctor? No ambulance <laughs> is fucking coming, man. So then you're going to crawl your ass into a
1: wheelchair for the rest of your life and as the last person. You can only go where your wheels will take you now. Damn it. Stairs. <laughs> elevators don't work.
0: Well, it's not much different than Toronto <laughs> nowadays. At any TTC station, elevator's not fucking working. Uh, get it together, TTC.
1: But yeah, it'd be fun to just drive around. Like this is what that's interesting about The Walking Dead is that whenever they show driving, it's always blocked. There's yeah. always an p- obstacle because people just leave their car exactly where you left it. Yeah. The whole the whole you know, what was the other movie um Looking for a Friend at the End of the World. Right. You know, they're just walking around. Just There's just cars just left everywhere. You can't really drive anywhere in cities. Yeah, it's just gridlock, yeah. right? Just all stopped. It's like you'd, you'd want to just start pushing the cars off the road one by one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's another movie. There's just so many of those. The Omega Man, uh, Soylent Green. Spoiler. It's people. people. <laughs> it's people. And, uh, of course, Planet of the Apes, which we talked about, I think such a good movie. The uh what were you saying? It's like
1: I'm trying to understand the end cuz we're we're yeah. trying to determine we, we you and I were talking about whether Planet of the Apes was a post-apocalypse film exactly. Yeah. Or how is the what was the apocalypse? Like in the new movie, we know what the apocalypse is. They it's very clear.
0: Yep. And in the it's old one's of plague or something, right?
1: Yeah, it's a plague that takes most of the humans out. Yep. And it's they call it the simian flu and it's the same the same thing that caused the humans to die made the apes smarter. Right. It's a much better explanation than the original plan of the Apes, which I, I love and hold dear, yep. but you have to kind of just ignore stuff. Right. And one of the, the linchpins in that story is that it is way off in the, Future ish. Yeah,
0: it well, it's definitely in the future. Uh Charlton Heston, when he's leaving the ship, he sees that they're in the year 3978.
1: Right. And so <laughs> and one of the astronauts or one or two of them died. Yeah, they just rot cause, bones. Because the, there was an air leak yeah. or whatever. So they were just basically dust, right? Yep. Yep. So at the very end. Uh, Heston drops to his knees on the beach when he sees the head of the Statue of Liberty. Yep. You
0: monsters! You did it! You blew it up! You maniacs!
1: Yeah. And it's it's you know it's great. It's a great ending. It's a great. Huh? Well, it's well. It's one of the
0: you know biggest it's twists. The, it's the grill parser ending history. Yeah. Of the biggest ones. Yeah. yeah.
1: We're gonna do a an upcoming video. Where we're gonna spoil every film that can be spoiled, and that'll be one of them. Um while it's an amazing visual and the head of the Statue of Liberty sticking out of the sand. See, this is the thing is we think it's sticking out of the sand on a beach next to a cliff. Yeah. But maybe it's just the head because otherwise, how did the land build up? Erosion doesn't work that way. Like I know that, that land gets pushed up into mountain peaks and that could explain the cliff beside it, Yeah. but she was standing, you know, I don't know. Out in, the, out in the harbor. Yeah. she's like I don't know how tall she is, but she, I've I've been there. She's yeah. not as big as you think. Yeah. You know, she's kind of it's kind of smaller much smaller than I thought she was going to be. Yeah. Still bigger than the one in Paris. But it's like it's she's got to be 30 stories high. 20,
0: but it is the year 3978. So a lot of shit can happen, right? The silt all It's a thousand years. Well, there's been an atomic war, so there'll be a lot of silt. Right. That'll fall down and fill and make land. and Right. But 30 stories or 20 stories, 20, 30, 200, 200,
1: 78. 200 feet. And then a cliff <laughs> beside it.
0: Yeah. I think
1: it's just the head.
0: That's what I think. I mean, it's just broken off it's and broken off. off somewhere. Yeah. It is coming out of the. Yeah. Yeah. Cause know.
1: you don't see, we assume that it's, it's coming out of the sand, but it could just be sitting on the sand. Yeah, that's true. So I'm going to go with that. Cause that makes way more sense. <laughs> And it's kind of even better image that her head, she's been decapitated, right? Yeah. It's more symbolic of this yeah. catastrophe. Even though I think the original Planet of the Apes story didn't, that wasn't
0: the the story. So, Chad, what's the future of post-apocalyptic films?
1: Well, I think there's, there's this film coming out called Mortal Engines.
0: Okay. Mortal Engines? Engines. Isn't, that's pretty offensive. <laughs> Mortal Engines. Spelled I-N-J-U-N-S. <laughs> <laughs> what's exactly. old is new
1: again no exactly. it engines like a car yep. and it's it's set thousands of years in the future yep the trailer shows a sort of desert scape sort of like
0: a desert scape you say I've never heard scape. of that in a post-apocalyptic no film. they do
1: like that i guess the thing is is with the the apocalypse we figure water's the first to go
0: yeah and this, it's it's probably like this has been they've been tracking this for Decades and decades too is that the deserts are encroaching.
1: Yeah, well, every right? desert used to be
0: water, right? Yeah, you say. and it's just still, and we're speeding up the process, but the deserts of the Sahara and that, they just, they're blowing and they're growing bigger, right?
1: Well, imagine when during ancient Egypt, when the like the Sphinx and the pyramids, yep, the three big ones and the Sphinx and that in Giza there, yeah, like it was lush, right? It was green. Yeah, You know, and at one point, by the time Napoleon got to the Sphinx, it was covered by sand. They had to dig it out. Right. And uh, it's weird to think that that was once the fertile, you know, area of the Nile. Right. And now it's, it, we can't think of anything as anything other than desert and, yep. you know, wasteland.
0: The desert will consume.
1: But that's like 5,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, yep. So Mortal Engines is set thousands of years in the future and it's it's got these huge cities yep. well there's some smaller ones and towns and whatever but they they've taken entire cities and put them on wheels right and they move right right and then and they you know the bigger something like that is while we we can consider them being lumbering sort of like the jawas little tractor machine yep yep but you'd figure with those wheels that big they're moving really fast compared to other little smaller vehicles right you know,
0: taking up they're taking a lot of distance.
1: Yeah, like one rotation of the wheel is far greater. So if they're moving at the same RPM, right? You know, you're they're not you're not going to outrun them, right? But it, it's a it's a pretty fantastic looking trailer. It's uh, Peter Jackson was one of the people, uh, one of I guess a few people, three people who wrote the screenplay. Yep. It looks like it's going to be the post-apocalypse of the future.
0: It's going to well, make you know, and the cities are battling it out, or.
1: Well, I think that's, you know, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but in, yeah. in the trailer, you see the main people are, oh no, there's London. London is coming after us, <laughs> you know?
0: It's almost like, you know, uh, tall ships on the seas, you know, like a swashbuckling f- yeah. movie. Well, it's kind of like, it's very Mad max right Or pirate, right? You know, pirate mo- movies or something. Well, see. it's cities. Land- Ahoy, I think I see london I see London. I see France. I I see see. (laughs) your (laughs) pants. Exactly.
1: But I think that uh, it's going to be a a cool new uh, vision. And I think that um, Peter Jackson...
0: He's got a good pedigree there.
1: It's when he tries to do the real stuff, he's not as good, I think. Yeah. Although, you know, King Kong has really grown on me. Right. The fact that
0: they didn't desexualize the, the female lead and they let her just be... King Kong, the patron saint of what's left of nerd <laughs> That's right. Damn dirty ape. Well, Chad, it looks like we're the only survivors of the great nerd apocalypse. It's you and I last men standing. <coughs> I like to thank people who picked up our emergency radio broadcast, and I like to invite them to head over to the sanctuary of nerdstalking.com, where they can feast on an archive of our previous episodes, as well as a library of our short videos that we've made. Also, please let us know that you're still alive by sending a message to nerds at nerdstalking.com. Keep on keeping on. Now, nope. I sure don't make pictures like that anymore.